This is episode three of the Piazza Parlor podcast. If this is your first time listening, I am Xavier Latori. And I'm Aaron Delgado. And uh, we want to welcome you. Hello. Um, hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we had an amazing second week. We seem to be growing little by little. Um, we're getting some people following us on Twitter. Uh, definitely some people following us uh, on the Tumblr which is our blog, and uh, people downloading the podcast. So we really appreciate it for those of you that are spreading the word. Um, yes, we're just, thank you very much for wasting your time with us. <laughs> yeah, we're just two dudes that uh, like talking about baseball and in particular like talking about the Dodgers. So um, thanks for joining us. Uh, once again, uh, if you'd like to follow us, uh, you can follow us at Piazza Parlor on Twitter. Or you can follow us on the blog, piazzaparlor.tumblr.com. We've been updating the Tumblr a little more free, frequently now. Trying to do it maybe about once a day or every other day. Um, the Twitter's updated almost daily with me posting some nerdy crap and Aron posting some more entertaining stuff. So uh, let's just jump straight into this. We're going to do the intro, which you're listening to right now. And then it'll be followed by the main dish. Uh, the main dish will be followed by desserts. And the first two episodes we did a rant. So we're going to change it up and we're going to stop being some negative Nancys and show some praise to the Dodgers because they definitely <laughs> deserve it. <laughs> Trying to get some positivity into this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, let's get into it. Yep. Going to go over the uh, weekly recap. Go over tonight's game, which is still going on. In uh, process right of- now. Yeah, it's uh, September 12th, and it's 10.37 in the p.m., and the Dodger game is still going on. But the uh, weekly recap, since we uh, last recorded, the Dodgers uh, played a series against Cincinnati. They played a series against Arizona, and this tonight, uh, September 12th, is the series opener against the Giants. Um, The Dodgers... Had gone into Cincinnati, uh, having wait. Do we have do we have to talk about the series in Cincinnati or? Well, I, I think it's I think it's <laughs> fitting. Uh, it, yeah. It's fitting considering that Cincinnati is uh, going to be there. There's a chance that the Dodgers might face Cincinnati again in the playoffs. Uh, going into Cincinnati, the Dodgers uh, had lost to Colorado, and then on September sixth. They lost to Cincinnati uh, 3-2. September 7th, they lost to Cincinnati 3-4. And September 8th, they lost to Cincinnati 3-2. And if uh, you haven't picked up on it, they got swept. (laughs) It was pretty painful to watch. Um, The pitching was off in Cincinnati for Kershaw and also for Wilson. Oh, he looked awful. God, yeah, I think it was uh, September 7th the when Granky started. Uh, Wilson came in to close, and, I mean, it was just terrible. He couldn't find the strike zone. And it, it was kind of weird because it looked like his fastball was just kind of lazily getting to home plate. And, I, I mean, I don't know if he was just trying to throw off speed or if he was really trying to throw a fastball, but, I mean, he just he was struggling, and he looked like he was struggling. Yeah. Fortunately, though, the Dodgers came back to face Arizona, and the Dodgers beat Arizona on September 9th, 8-1. to Nolasco got the start and the win. Then September 10th, the Dodgers won in Dodger fashion. Uh, they won in extra innings, uh, 5-3. And we're going to touch on that because it was amazing. Actually, we're going to touch on the first two games against Arizona um, because they were just amazing. And then uh, last night, uh, September 11th, the Dodgers lost 4-1. to And that was a, a, roost, a Ryu start. Um, and it, it was just a bad game. I mean, I, you know, you, you really can't blame the Dodgers for playing 
I mean, they've been playing really hard. And, you know, losses are bound to happen. And given that they had to play a series in Cincinnati, fly back to LA and play a series against Arizona, it's no surprise that they're they're going to struggle a little bit towards the end. I mean, they're playing 15 days straight. So, I mean, a loss is bound to happen. Yeah, I mean, even with the sweep in Cincinnati, I mean, I might be in the minority here, but I just feel like, you know, the Dodgers were bound to slow down. I mean, they were on a tear for so long. And, you know, they haven't gotten sweeped since, what, May? Yeah, I think that was the last time they had the... Uh, they were swept. They, they were, were sweet. sweet. We're going to coin a new term. That sweet did been hanging around kids <laughs> and boyhoods for too long. Yeah, no um, kidding. But yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, rather have it happen now than in October, so... Yeah, I mean, but my my only concern is is that the, the NL West is going to have three teams in the playoffs. NL West? Uh, I think... Central. Or NL Central. I mean, the Cardinals are in first. It'll probably... I mean, if, it, if things stay the same then the Pirates and the Reds will play against each other in a one-game uh, elimination for the wild-card spot. And if the Reds win, the Dodgers will be facing them, which mm, I thought it was is brave. Well, it de- I mean, depends on who has the best record, right? Well, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, and that's the other thing, too. I mean, if things stay the same, the Dodgers are going to face either the Cardinals or the, or the Reds, and I would prefer if the Dodgers didn't face <laughs> either one. The The Cardinals historically have given the Dodgers problems in the playoffs um so they always frighten me and not just because they're they're they've given the Dodgers problems but they're just they're such a good team they're a consistently good team every year um you know they they you never want to count them out I mean god it was what 2011 the Dodgers I mean the Cardinals clinched the wild card spot and then went on to win the World Series after being nine games back in the beginning of September so the Cardinals are a team you never want to underestimate. For those of you that listen to uh, the Productive Outs podcast, uh, they were talking about the Cardinals as well and how they have just such great depth. And, I mean, well, as I was listening to them, I started thinking, you know, what they were saying was, you know, one man goes down and they have another man to replace him. And the Cardinals, I mean, it sounded like shark teeth. You know, a shark, <laughs> a shark loses the tooth and there's another one to replace it right away. So, you know... I think that's a fitting uh, nickname for the Cardinals or team name. If they ever decide to change their name from Cardinals to something else, they should just call themselves the Shark Teeth. Doesn't quite roll off the tongue like Cardinals, though. No, yeah, and hopefully give them the opportunity to change their nasty-ass uniforms. Anyways, but see, I I feel the same thing about the Reds also. They proved just how solid of a team they were, though. I think they lost the next two to the Cubs after they swept the Dodgers. So you've got Joey Votto on your team, who's one of the best hitters in baseball. Joey Votto, why are you so good at baseball? Yeah, seriously. Uh, our oldest Chapman. I mean, oh my goodness. Yeah. It was. I couldn't. I couldn't even get mad uh, that he was striking everyone. I was just like, you know what? Yeah. No. Honestly, I mean, aside from like Jansen uh, and Paco Rodriguez, our oldest Chapman is is definitely one of my favorite relievers in the game right now. Um, he's just. I mean, he he's amazing to watch. Insane. Yeah. And oh, God, that fastball. <laughs> you know, I mean. One of my favorite pitchers of all time has been Randy Johnson, and I, I just always liked him because, I mean, it, my like for him started when I first started playing baseball on my uh, Super Nintendo. I just aged myself. And Randy Johnson, I, you know, I'd always be able to touch like 100 miles per hour with his fastball. So that's when I realized, like, holy crap, not everyone could throw that hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I heard about Aroldis Chapman hitting 105 on the radar gun, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's nuts. That's unreal. Yeah. Exactly. Um, 
So anyways, yeah, I mean, if the Dodgers have to face the Reds, um, I'm hoping that there's kind of sour taste in their mouth and they take that with them to the playoffs if they face the Reds and, you know, they, they, you know, take care of business there. But again, you know, the thing is that the Reds swept the Dodgers in a series that's best of five. You don't want to get swept. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) That's the bad news. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. It's real bad. But... You know, considering that having lost four straight and then coming back to LA and beating Arizona eight to one, <laughs> the game was insane. Yeah, and I guess you know you really can't be too disappointed with their sweep against the the Reds because they were all one run games. Right. It's not like you know there were blowouts and you know the Reds were totally dominating. They weren't. Yeah. Games were all really close, and the Dodgers proved that they'll be able to put up a fight if and when the time. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying that I would be happy if the Dodgers lost the playoffs, but I wouldn't be too disappointed if they were close games like that. Yeah, who am I kidding? I would be very disappointed. It's definitely going to be a, an interesting October, no matter who the Dodgers face. Yes, exciting. Exciting times, guys. Yes, very exciting. And uh, since we're on the topic of exciting, I think that's the perfect segue for our Main dish. The main dish. Oh, all right. So, the uh, top story in our main dish. <laughs> oh, I, our king, our savior, the Lord Juan Uribe. King Uribe. Oh, Juan Uribe in uh, the game against Arizona on uh, September 9th had three home runs. Not one. Not two. But three home runs. How long were you waiting to use that, honestly? All freaking day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Juan Uribe went four for four and hit three home runs. He is the first ever third baseman on the Dodgers to hit three home runs in a game. Unbelievable. If, you, if one year ago from that date, September 9th, you told me Juan Uribe was going to hit three home runs in a game and go four for four with an extra RBI, I would have... I would have punched myself in the face. Yeah, and you know, if, if for those of you that listen and read the blog, um, last night's blog post was about Juan Uribe and how uh, I mean he's looking at uh, some more advanced stats. Uh, Juan Uribe was posting what was it? I believe he was posting a um, a WRC plus, which is runs created uh, compared to the league average player, and a a. League average player will have a WRC plus of 100. Juan Uribe had a 53, meaning that he was 47% worse than the average player (laughs) last season. It took two Juan Uribe's to be as good as the league average player last season. That's a lot of Juan Uribe. That's a lot of Juan Uribe. Because one Juan Uribe is a lot of Juan Uribe as it is. Yeah, no. So to have two Juan Uribe's. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't just Juan Uribe. It was Dos Uribe's. That was almost one full Pablo Sandoval. <laughs> almost one full Prince Fielder. <laughs> oh, dude, what would happen if you had an infield of Pablo Sandoval, Prince Fielder, and Juan Uribe? The pitcher's mound would collapse. <laughs> it would be, like, be like Dark Knight Rises where Bane blows up the football field. <laughs> but the baseball field just collapses underneath <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> but continuing on with Juan Uribe, uh, last season he was hitting 191 
Uh, he had a 191 batting average, a 258 on base percentage, and a 284 slugging. I mean, that's fucking awful. I could do that. No. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Probably I mean, not. I mean, he was, he was bad. And I, I don't want to get too much into this because we have a, a special episode dedicated to Juan Uribe uh, pretty soon. But this season, he's hitting 276. Uh, he has a 332. Uh, on base percentage and a 431 slugging and whereas he had a wrc plus of 53 last season he has a wrc plus of 112 this season he is 59 percent better than 2012 juan uribe and again if you go on the blog you can see the highs and lows of his career from when he first started the with many highs and lows <laughs> the uh the rockies in 2001 i mean it, it's it's quite an interesting when you take a look at it but moving on from juan uribe because I, I, again, we, we don't want to uh, to get too much into it because we're going to dedicate a whole episode to him. And if you can't get enough of Juan Uribe, you're... I can't. I, I sure as hell can't. I constantly think of Juan Uribe. He's the king. He is my king. Um, all hail Juan Uribe. All hail. Um, moving on. Moving on to... Uh, we're going to move on to the, the uh, hero of the game right after. Um, yes, Scott Van Slyke. Scott Van Slyke, I mean... Here's a guy that you want to talk about uh, a really just, and I hate, I hate using this term, but just grit player. I can't believe you just said that. Right? I know, no, and the reason why, well, this the reason why I say that is because this is a guy that that spent six years in the minor league. He came up with the Dodgers in 2012, and he was just terrible. He got called back up this season. I clearly remember seeing him last season, and he was a little on the heavy side. And when I saw him come up, I remember thinking, like, holy shit, did he lose weight? And, I mean, this is a guy that, that when he got the call last season, was going to do everything he could to come back this season. And he's made quite the improvement. And, I, I you know, I, I, I hate saying things like grit about a player, but th- there's nothing else you can describe other than just, I guess, putting in the dedication to, to really try to make his stamp on the Dodgers. And if there's anything that Ned Coletti likes, it is just heroics. <laughs> I mean, Ned Coletti gets a raging hard on for heroics. And the game on September 10th was one of heroics. I mean, the Dodgers in the bottom of the 10th had D. Gordon and Andre Ethier on, on third and second, respectively, with Juan Uribe up and two outs. I thought Juan Uribe was going to get the, the, the game-winning RBI. I and, wish he did. Oh, that would have been great. It would have been great. But he didn't. And um, the game carried on into the bottom of the 11th. And I believe Mark Ellis was on base. He got walked. And Scott Van Slyke came up and hit a walk-off home run. Not just a walk-off home run. A pinch-hit walk-off yeah, home run. Yeah, pinch-hit walk-off home run. And in the uh, post-game interview, they asked him, you know, was there anything you did to prepare for this? He's like, yeah, you know, I faced, I, I forgot who was pitching. Uh, I think it was Colmeter. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. And what he said was like, oh, I faced Colmeter many times in the minors. I would, you know, I know one of his best pitches is changeup. I was looking for for changeup. And as soon, as soon as I saw the spin on the ball, I knew it was his changeup and I went after it. I mean, talk about a guy that came to the plate prepared. You know, that I mean, this is this guy is not joking around this season. To, just to give you some some surface level stats, last season, uh, Scott Vance like had 57 plate appearances in 27 games. Like I said, he played in the minors for six years, and in his first season with the Dodgers, he hit, had a batting average of 167, on base percentage of 196, and a slugging percentage of 315. Fucking terrible. Hmm. This season, he has 127 plate appearances in 43 games, and 
he is hitting uh, his batting average is 250, his on base percentage is 323, and his slugging is 500. So whereas he went from a uh, OPS of uh, 506 last season, he now has an OPS of 823. 823 is above average, uh, an above average OPS. So. He's, he's definitely coming along, and I hope he keeps it up because he's exciting to watch, and those handlebars dough. <laughs> that mustache. Yeah. That's what it is, man. You know, you grow a mustache, magical things start happening. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that's like Samson and his hair. You don't want to... If he shaves it, that's it. His career's done, man. I just... Uh, I think there's a lot of things we can say about Vance Life, but I don't want to step on everything, but I just think it's just really cool to see a guy come from nothing and have a moment like this you know yeah yeah i have a lot more to say about him but we'll save that for later but uh yeah just a really really great moment not just for fans like but for the entire dodger season i'd say yeah exactly and i mean those kind of wins they, they they really rally a team um steve Lyons might disagree he might disagree and say that <laughs> <laughs> you know that home run shouldn't have happened he should have gotten double um but no, I mean, those kind of wins really rally a team, and you, you want that kind of excitement going into October. Yes. But speaking of October... Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm just freaking on it with these segues, man. You've been practicing. You yeah, can pra- sit in your car and think about ways you can segue. I, I practice the in the mirror. I practice yeah. in the mirror. You know, I practice where I should throw the, the, uh, the stress on the word. Speaking of October... Speaking of October... Speaking of October... Speaking of October, <laughs> um, I guess the discussion is uh, who's going to pitch in the playoffs. The two obvious pitchers will be uh, Kershaw, uh, Brandon League, and um, <laughs> Carlos Marmol. Obviously, and, no Ed, Edison, Edison Volquez. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get into that, Volquez <laughs> <laughs> uh, started on uh, September 10th, and I was at that game. And oh, Jesus Christ, you know. I, I, I don't why he's starting is beyond me. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even get it at this point. I mean, because it's just like the Dodgers should just be really doing everything they can to clinch the division. I mean, it, it, it's it's going to happen, but you know, because everything has to go right for Arizona and everything has to go wrong for the Dodgers. But it's like, come on, like really, really do we do we need to see Volquez, you know, go out there and and give up home runs because I mean. Volquez started on the 10th, and he gave up uh, three home runs, or three runs. And he's going to be starting again on Sunday against the Giants. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's going to be starting Sunday against the Giants. And he that'll probably be his last start of the season, or he might get in one more. But it's it just, I mean, god damn, it's just so frustrating to watch him. Well, I mean, it's really hard when Capuano injured himself, you know, because I think it's, the technical term for his injury is uh, old. But, um, yeah, I, I'd much rather, even though I know Five had been struggling for quite some time in the minors, why not just use Five? Why, why even have Volquez in the same general vicinity as Dodger Stadium? I, yeah. yeah, but anyways, <laughs> let's let's get back on track. Um, yeah, back on track. The uh, the two obvious starters in the playoffs will be Granky and Kershaw. And you normally don't need more than three starters in the playoffs. Um, and the reason is because, I mean, it's it's usually just two games. Well, the division series will be, the format will be 2-2-1. Two, two, so it'll be two games if, you know, for the Dodgers, it'll be two games home, two games away, one game home. You know, you have your two games at home, Zach Grank, or Clayton Kershaw, Zach Granke, and then your third starter. And, 
you know, by that time, by the time uh, the fourth game comes around, that's already four days rest, maybe five. So you don't need, I mean, a pitcher normally normally needs about four to five days rest. So you really don't need any more than three. So the question becomes, who's going to start? It's obviously not going to be Capuano because he's injured and he's struggled and he's... Hold the phone. Aegon just hit the walk-off um, hit right now. <sighs> Game day is going a little slow, but we're going to find out and give it to you in a second. But continue here. Continue. You know, you have... Um, well, actually, since uh, we're on that right now, let, let me just... Uh, well, we'll get to that later. Never mind. I was going to update the magic number, but um, we'll get to that in the yeah, dessert. We'll get to it. So the uh, Capuano is not going to be starting in the playoffs. He's injured. And even if he wasn't injured, I mean, he's just not as good as Ryu or Nolasco. So it comes down to just those two. Good Lord, if it's Volquez, I'm going to shit a brick and kill myself with it. <laughs> and then I'll kill you a second time with that same brick. <laughs> um... But uh, just to do a comparison, uh, let's look at Nolasco and we'll look at Rio. Um, in Nolasco's last five starts, he has pitched 34.2 innings. He has 33 strikeouts, four walks, and has given up only five runs. Unfreaking believable, man. Unfreaking believable. I mean, Nolasco has just been great. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't ask any more from this guy. I mean, he's he's just been awesome. Um, Looking at some uh, advanced stats, um, he is the the runs he uh, wins above replacement is three so you know he's about three wins over the uh, the league average player. Looking at some other stats, he also has a three point one four ERA, a three point three two FIP, which is field independent pitching. His walk plus hits per inning pitch is one point one four, and batting average against Alaska is two thirty eight. Uh, taking a look at Ryu in his last five starts, um, he's pitched 31.2 innings. He has 22 strikeouts and four walks, and he's given up 12 runs. Uh, another thing to look at is that uh, Ryu has also given up 18 hits in his last two starts. Um, he has a 3.07 ERA, a 3.22 FIP. His walks plus hits per inning pitch is 1.24, and batting average against is 2.54. So on the surface, both seem to be around the same. Again, like we mentioned in the last podcast, Ryu's biggest problem is that he gives up too many hits. That last start was just painful. That first inning was just atrocious. Yeah. And uh, personally, I've always been a Ryu supporter. I mean, I think he's been great for the entire year. I think we touched on it a little bit on the last podcast, so that for me, he just... You know, it's his first year in the major leagues. The schedules are different. His The amount of starts he's starting is different. He was dealing with that lower back soreness. So going into October, I don't have as much faith in him as I used to. Not, not I'm not saying that all that, you know, he's bad because even though it was a poor outing, it wasn't, you know, Volquez-esque. But, uh, yeah. Was- I mean, also, I mean, I think, you know, the one thing to take into consideration uh, with, uh, Last night's loss is that uh, Rio is coming in on 11 days rest. I mean, it's a long time to not pitch, mm-hmm. but it's a little concerning because, I mean, in his last three starts, he hasn't gone more than six innings. The last time he pitched over seven innings was August 19th. So, I mean, he's, he's I, I don't know if he's starting to show some fatigue and, you know, I, I just don't know. And Wait, it, it, a guy with a body type like that showing fatigue? <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, he is, he is a little on the chubby side, but I don't know. 
how else to to have faith in Ryu when Lasco has proven himself to be a solid number three pitcher. And that's the thing. It's not even that Ryu is bad. It's just Lasco is so, so good right now. Why would you turn him away? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I mean, just look at their last two starts. I mean, Nolasco pitched 6.2 innings. Um, he allowed three hits, six strikeouts, and his ERA was, uh, for the game, at zero. And, of course, it's a small sample size to have an ERA, but he didn't allow, uh, he didn't have a single earned run. I mean, that, that's amazing. Yeah. Whereas Ryu, you know, in his last start against Arizona, he pitched six innings, and he had ten hits and only one strikeout. Yeah. No, not good. Prior to the... <laughs> Prior to that, he had he pitched against San Diego, and he allowed eight hits. I mean, it, it's this is something that I'm going to be blogging about, um, if not tonight, then tomorrow, about Ryu. I mean, there's been more than yeah, there's been more than about more than ten games where he, he's allowed uh, eight or more hits in a game, and you know that's that's something you can't do in the playoffs. You can't allow that many hits in the playoffs. I mean, okay. these are teams that that are you know. Again, I'm going to use an example from the pot, uh, the Productive Outs podcast. You know, play. You don't want to lose the playoffs because of some, you know, small fluke or small mistake. You know, I mean, look at uh, the Red Sox. God, what was that guy's name? The uh, first baseman for the Red Sox when they oh, were yeah. in the World. Yes, yes. I mean, those kind of mistakes cost teams championships. Yes. So if I were a betting man, I would put my money on Alaska. I am starting to come around to that. I was definitely going rue most of the way, but I mean, we'll see. There's still a few weeks left, some more time for hopefully rue to straighten up. Uh, but yeah, Alaska's looking really good. You can't deny him. Yeah, and you know, I I, I I like the guy. I mean, he's he's just been really really good, and I don't know how long he signed for. Let me check. I'm going to check the uh, the payroll on Mike Sosha's tragic illness. For those of you who wonder where we get our payroll information for the Dodgers, um, Nolasco is signed for just this year for five point three four million. So I, I touched on this in a blog post once that Nolasco show, is showing a lot of similarities to uh, Chris Capuano, kind of just that veteran pitcher that uh, comes over to the Dodgers, has an outstanding season, and then. The following season. I mean, the thing about Chris Capuano is that prior to coming to the Dodgers, he was on the decline. Um, part of it was due to the fact that he was uh, 35, 34, going on 35 when he came to the, came to the Dodger organization. And it was just third year off of Tommy John's surgery. So it's no surprise that, you know, a couple of those two things, Chris Capuano was going to be on the decline. Uh, and Alaska has been on the decline as well since, uh, I believe, 2009. And... It wasn't until, I mean, he was even on the decline when he was in Miami. And it wasn't until the Dodgers picked him up that he had a turnaround. So I would be a little hesitant to see him next season, but I wouldn't be too disappointed. Well, basically what you're saying with those stats is Nick Colletti is just going to throw a bunch of money at him. Well, yeah, because that's what <laughs> Nick Colletti does. So, yeah, um, see you next season, Alaska. <laughs> yeah. So, again, I, I wouldn't be too disappointed if he did. I would be dis- disappointed if there's some hot pitching on the market in the offseason and Coletti doesn't go after him because he throws money at Alaska. I don't think there is, from what I've read, the free agent pitching market isn't going to be too great. But, yeah, so I expected it all to go to Alaska. I actually read <laughs> an article today. Gosh, I remember where it was so I could cite it. I feel really bad. But, um, oh, I think it was just on MLG, MLB Trade Rumors. They were actually talking up Nolasco, saying that he's garnering a lot of interest as a free agent. So, yeah, he's 
probably going to pull in some some good uh, dinero. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. No, really, good for him. I mean, he, he's proven himself to be a, a solid, you know, number three pitcher. Um, maybe even a number one pitcher in a different organization. But <laughs> he, he's definitely a solid number three pitcher for the Dodgers. Yes. I, I, I Again, I hope it's in Alaska. It's going to be an awesome uh, playoffs, uh, you know, to see Granke and Kershaw both in the playoffs. I mean, I, I don't think – I think the uh, National League is going to have uh, its work cut out for them. Oh, yeah. Again – if you follow the blog, there will be a blog post about both Granky and Kershaw and their dominance over the season and what the National League can expect in the playoffs. Baseball. Yep. So the main dish tonight was a little smaller, but it was still delicious. Oh, so good. Oh. It's because we're on a diet right now. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's get into the desserts then. Oh, desserts. All right. And all West news. Not much because San Francisco, Colorado, and San Diego are all mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. Saha. <laughs> and with the Dodgers win tonight, the magic number is now five. Ooh. Yeah, so uh, it's the Dodgers need five more wins or five more Arizona losses yep. to get into the playoffs. Um, who does Arizona play tomorrow? That I am not sure about. Yeah, we're going to take a look real quick to see who Arizona plays tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, back to uh, what we were talking about earlier. Dodgers did walk off tonight. Adrian Gonzalez with the game-winning hit, a single up the middle. And Mr. Brian Wilson, Beardy, got a win against his former team. So there's that. Yeah, and it, it's it's good to see that he's uh, uh, outing in Cincinnati was a fluke, or it seems like it was. Well, let's hope. Yeah, let's hope. Because, I mean... Uh, for those of you that, that don't know, Brian Wilson came off of Tommy John surgery, and uh, you know he's he was pretty second, good. His second Tommy John surgery. Yeah, yeah, and I mean he was he was pretty good in his first outing with the Dodgers, but when he came in in Cincinnati, I mean he just he could not find the strike zone for the life of him. I mean it's like his slider was just moving too far to the uh, to the to the left of the plate. Yeah, it, it was just a bad outing. It happens. Yeah, it does. So yeah, Dodgers win tonight against the Giants. And Arizona goes in, or the Rockies. yeah, Colorado out. plays at Arizona. So I was hoping Arizona would go to Colorado, and they won't do that until after their series against the Dodgers. Right after the Dodgers have already clinched. Uh, let's hope, yeah, because the, <laughs> the Dodgers have been known to drag clinching the division for a while. I remember back in I think two thousand nine or two thousand eight, the Dodgers. I mean this, and this is when the Pirates were terrible. The Dodgers couldn't even go into Pittsburgh to clinch. The division. I mean, it was it was. The Dodgers have been known to drag drag uh, playoff contention all that the way to the end of the season. <laughs> well, hopefully this year's different. Can we talk for a second about tonight's? Uh, I can't even. I can't even believe I'm about to say this, but <laughs> tonight's blown save by Kenley Jansen. Yeah, the the, the Twitter trolls were. Uh, what? Jesus Christ! You know I. <laughs> oh, I, I, okay, let me let me say this. Wow, I know I, I I tend to come off as a snob when it comes to baseball stats. Um, the, the reality is I'm is I, I'm not I'm isn't. <laughs> the reality is I, I'm not I'm not a snob when it comes to baseball stats. Um, I, I can appreciate stats like ERA, you know, batting average, things like that, and I can I can appreciate stats for. The casual baseball fan. You know, not everyone is into the kind of... Basically, what we're trying to say is other people have lives besides baseball. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Other people have lives outside of baseball and stats as well. I mean, I I tend to take it to the extreme where I use 
you know, statistical analysis to, to look at baseball stats and try to make projections. Not everyone is like that. In fact, I'm in the rare minority and Arone is also in the minority to where he is a an avid baseball follower. But if you're going to say Kenley Jansen can't close a game. You obviously haven't been watching any Dodgers baseball this season. <laughs> or last season. Good Lord. I mean, you know, from what I from what I've read from other Dodgers Twitterers, the trolling w- hasn't been as bad as in the past when Kenley may have made a mistake or things like that. But from what I was looking, it's still pretty bad. Some of the things people were saying were just like can't even wrap my head around it. Like apparently Kenley's been giving up runs for like his past couple of starts, and last time I checked, he hadn't blown a save in 18 straight. So what's going on there? Yeah, no, and, and that's the thing is that, like, I, I'm not opposed to bandwagon fans. I mean... Bring them on. It, yeah, I mean, a, a, any fan is a good fan. And, you know, it wasn't until the Dodgers started this awesome run that I started to appreciate the kind of just fandom for the Dodgers in general. You know, the fair weather sports fans are going to be around for a very long time. It's really disappointing when, if you're a bandwagoner, that's cool. That's fine. But don't talk about Kenley Jansen like you've been watching the entire season. Yeah, don't talk about him like that. Or, you know, talk about, you know, how Michael Young is a great addition to the Dodgers. Or anything like that. Because the reality is Michael Young's not a great addition to the Dodgers. And Kenley Jansen isn't a bad relief pitcher. You know, I mean, I think these are the same type of people that would probably wish for Brandon Lee to come in over Kenley Jansen. I mean, (laughs) a perfect example. I was at the Dodger game um, early on in the season. I believe the Dodgers were playing the Cardinals, and I don't know who it was, but someone smoked a line drive uh, down the third base line, and Blarney Rebe wasn't able to get to it. I mean, there would have been no third baseman that would have been able to get to it. And someone sitting behind me said, you know, I don't know why the fuck they have Uribe out there bringing Cruz. And I'm thinking to myself, are you fucking serious? (laughs) Well, to his credit, Cruz is a good defensive player, but Juan Uribe is just as good a defensive player. There's some balls that you just can't get to. There's yeah. sometimes when you pitch, you're just not going to get the out. There's sometimes, you know, your your pitch just isn't working for the day. It's, you're, you know, everyone everyone that plays on the baseball field is human except for Puig. <laughs> you know, stuff like that's bound to happen. And you become very aware of this the more you watch baseball. And obviously these people, gosh, I feel so condescending right now. But it just it bothers me so much that Kenley Jensen has been so awesome. And like you said, not just this year, but years in the past, too. And he's finally starting to get respect. And we all knew one day he was going to blow another save. And I just don't want people to overreact to it. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. is that like My, my biggest problem is not so much that, that people complain about Jansen, Jansen blowing a save. You're going to complain about your team losing. And you're going to complain about why or how your team lost. When people say things or comment about things or make a comment in a particular way about something they know nothing. <laughs> you know... It's it'd be like me saying you know like something about basketball. I mean I, I don't know crap about basketball, and I, I, you know it's hard for me to comment on it, which is why I do a baseball podcast. <laughs> <Obs>. <laughs> Any of you that are listening that can't stand Jansen, look at Jansen's uh, FanGraphs page. I'm gonna again. I, I know I've been saying I'm gonna do a lot of blog posts. Um, but I'm going to do a blog post about Jansen in the coming days. And, you know, if you're listening and you're following the po- uh, the Tumblr, you can see how dominant Jansen has been. And, you know, if you don't like Jansen as a relief pitcher. So moving on from Jansen, 
Yes, I love him too. And he's a good pitcher, good relief pitcher. Um, actually, one more comment about Jansen. I mean, he's been getting a lot of comparisons to uh, Mariano Rivera, especially with his uh, extensive use of his uh, cutter. Have you seen that thing? Oh, yes. Yeah, God. I watched Jansen warm up during spring training. It was insane. Yeah, it's a beautiful cutter. I mean, it just has amazing just drop. It just it's this almost like ninety mile an hour pitch that just the bottom falls out from under it, and it just gets batter swinging away. It, it's a beautiful pitch. And so, anyways, enough about Jansen. Um, we're gonna move on to uh, the end of the podcast, which normally, well, not normally. There have only been two episodes, but. Uh, the last two episodes have been rants, um, and this one we're going to end it on a positive note. We're going to talk about Scott Van Slyke. Yes. Do you mind if I uh, start off a little bit here? Yeah, yeah go for cool. it, man. There is this really awesome blog post by Anthony Jackson, who you can find on Dodgerscribe.com. I mentioned him before in the podcast, and it was all about Scott Van Slyke. And it was actually pretty much said everything that I've been thinking about Scott Van Slyke in more eloquent and professional way. Basically what it said is just, here's a dude who struggled so hard for so many years in the minor leagues, got the call up last year, didn't produce, and worked his butt off to be able to make it onto the 40-man roster this year. He did it. And since then, he's kind of been, I mean, he didn't, he, uh, Tony Jackson didn't use this analogy, but this is like what I think of. I kind of see him as like the kind of like a unpaid intern or like a gopher. You know, he's, only called upon when he needs, when he's needed. And, you know, as soon as the Dodgers need to clear up space for, you know, another dumpster dive, you know, Ned Coletti signing, he's the first guy they send back to the minor leagues. So he has literally been going back and forth, back and forth all year. I think, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I think he's been sent down and called up like something like 10 times or something like that. Something insane. Yeah. And um, basically this moment, his walk-off home run, could very well be the high point of his career. Because if you think about it, the Dodgers already have four outfielders, four regular day, everyday outfielders. And then they'll have another one coming up in the next couple of years in Jock Peterson, unless, you know, Coletti decides to trade him away for another three months of Shane Victorino or something. <laughs> um, it's just such a good story. Even if Scott Vance, like never becomes, you know, an everyday player for the Dodgers or, you know, this could be his moment. And got to say, it was one of the better moments I've seen this entire year. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. And, I mean, it's such an awesome moment for, for a guy that has, I mean, he spent six years in the minor leagues. And it just seemed like he, he was just, he wasn't really crushing the minor leagues the way that you would expect someone to do as they move up through the minors. I mean, he was, I think there was only one year in the minors that he hit over 300, and that was in uh, single-A baseball, and that was back in 2010. He did it again in 2011, where he hit 346, but that was in double-A. All three times in triple-A, he didn't hit, or, you know, actually, I'm wrong entirely. (laughs) Uh, In 2012, he hit 327 um, in triple-A, and that's when he got the call up. But as soon as you got the call up, he hit 167. I mean, that's just, that's, you, you can't do that in the majors. You, you just can't do that at all. He had a, that stat that we used for Juan Uribe earlier in the episode, WRC plus of 38 back in 2012 when he got the call up. That means that he was 62% worse than the average player generating runs. This season, he's 130, meaning that he's 30% better than the average player. So 
you know, if if the the great thing about that about Scott Van Slyke is that he has a lot of utility. You know, yeah. you could throw him in the outfield. You could throw him at first. You know, you know, a lot of people tend to uh, think of utility players as bench players, but a better way to look at them is part time starters because you know the, the everyday players they they can't start every single game of the season. They're going to need a day's rest. And so these part-time starters are, are just that. They are starters that come out when, you know, the big names aren't up. And these part-time starters need to be ready to play. And the more versatile you are, the better off your career is going to be. And maybe Vance Slyke won't be the the starting outfielder for the Dodgers. And he's not going to be the starting first baseman for the Dodgers. And, you know, if if the Dodgers keep him around, you know, he, he'll be a better bat than a Nick Punto or a Michael Young. And the great thing about Vance Slyke is that he's only 26. <laughs> yeah. Coletti likes gritty. <laughs> Coletti likes heroics. He also likes old dudes. So that might be Vance Slyke's uh, Achilles heel. <laughs> Is that he's 26. Well, put it this way. Van Slyke is going to be perfect for when Aegon needs to sit or for when one of our one of the outfielders inevitably, inevitably goes on the DL next year. You know, that'll be his time to shine. And uh, I really hope he gets it as opposed to a Jerry Harrison type or a Michael Young type, you know? Oh, exactly. And, you know, the, the great thing is about him being an outfielder as well is that Ethier's proven to be a versatile outfielder. I mean, he could play anywhere in the outfield pretty damn well and the great thing about having Vance Slyke is that instead of giving one outfielder the day off you can now give two and you have three solid I mean you have five solid outfielders now with an outfielder that also plays first base I hope to see more of Scott Vance Slyke I believe according to Mike Sosha's tragic illness I don't think he's on the payroll just double check yeah, no, he's not on the payroll. So I, I'm pretty sure he's making the league minimum. Um, he's still under salary arbitration. Um, I have a feeling because this is just what the Dodgers do. They they tend to trade players like this. Yeah, this seems this is like kind of like once trade deadline rolls around, it's the guys that Scott fans like that usually get dealt. Yeah, and I mean it'll suck because I like the dude and he has a sweet mustache. <laughs> Can't get wrong with that stash, dude. Nah, you know who else has a sweet stash like that? Withrow. Not not you. Not me. No, but Withrow has an awesome mustache like that. But yeah. Um, Anyways. But yeah. So Scott Van Slyke. Good to you. Yes, Mr. Van Slyke. Congratulations and save the moment. Yeah. Because I know one day you'll listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Lol, JK. No, you won't. So yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's it for today. Yeah, I think so. Hey, so uh, I'll see you uh, in the championship league for fantasy baseball next week. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. Um, uh, Aron and I play in the same fantasy baseball league, and uh, we're both destroying our uh, opponents in the uh, yo, yo, yo. first uh, first round of the playoffs. So if this keeps up until uh, Sunday, then Aron and I will face each other for two weeks in the championship game. So um, let's place a little wager. If, uh, if I win... I'll buy us tickets to uh, one of the games against Colorado for the uh, end of the season. And if, or if, wait, I'm if you, sorry, if, if you win, oh, I was I was gonna say fine, I'll purposely lose. <laughs> if you win, um, <laughs> I'll do that. If I win, uh, if I win, then I will do nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, I guess <laughs> it's a win-win for both of us. Yeah. But, anyways, that's it for this episode. Again. Uh, if you want to follow us, follow us at on Twitter at Piazza Parlor. Also, check us out on our blog, piazzaparlor.tumblr.com. Um, yeah, until next week. See you later, guys. Wait, wait, wait. What? Wait. What? Don't forget, there is this thing where you go on the internet and you write this like message 
and you can send it to people. Oh yeah, email. I think it's uh, yeah, that yeah, that's what it's called. Email. Yeah, send us an email. We we want questions. We want comments. We want to know what you think. Uh, if you like us, if you absolutely hate us, if you want to want us to talk about something in particular, let us know. Uh, you can send us an email, piazzaparlor at gmail.com. Yeah, and we will read it on air. <gasps> <gasps> to all two of our listeners. Hi, guys. All right, but uh, yeah. So anyways, until next week, in the name of the Uribe, the Hanram, and the Holy Puigsis. Amen. Amen. Amen.